In our text for today, that Jessica will read for us shortly, we are encountering Moses at the burning bush, tracing a call by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. We ground ourselves today in one of the beginning tales of the Exodus story. This is before the plagues, the Passover, the best ten ways to live, uh, the golden calf, and lots and lots and lots of walking. Indeed, a great journey is coming to Moses and God's people, and we are spending today looking at that turning point that prompts that foundational journey, that journey, that exodus that we consider so crucial to our faith and to our understanding of God in the Hebrew Bible. Biblical scholars refer to our text today as an example of a call narrative, which is a literary form found throughout the Hebrew Bible and and, uh, New Testament scriptures that follows a similar format. So I'm going to give us kind of a little uh, preface to that before Jessica reads our scripture so that uh, you can be looking for these things within our text. There are four pieces of this initial call, reluctance or description of unworthiness by a person being called. Third, a solemn commissioning. And then last, a characteristic message. We see this call narrative also with the calling of Samuel, with Jonah, and especially with our Hebrew Bible prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. Biblical scholar Dr. Catherine Murphy argues that the function of these call narratives were to be considered to have been recited publicly on formal occasions during which they functioned to guarantee the validity of the prophet or the messenger, and more important and more importantly, to legitimate the divine origin of their teachings or oracles. So, with the form and function of this call narrative in mind, let us take a closer look at Moses' call with the hopes of finding some pearl of wisdom or inspiration for our lives today. Jessica is going to come and read our scripture for today. Jessica? Reading from Exodus 3, verses 4 through 14. When God saw that Moses had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then God said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look on God. Then God said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? 
that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. God said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is your name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. God We can't hear Patrick at all. We come to this moment looking for you, God. Okay. Be, be with us in word and in action as we move through scripture and through our word, celebrating and remembering you. In your name we pray. Amen. Martha, how's that? You're good. Awesome. Still good? Still good. Still good. <laughs> Friends, what a day and what a joy to be with you all. In our Moses' call narrative, we see the first two parts of our call narrative form. The initial call and the reluctance of Moses twice. And considering the rest of his story, I personally can relate to Moses and his a little too often needed reminder of what he was doing and why. I'm sure none of us have ever needed that reminder to be reminded of what we're supposed to be doing, especially when that doing gets and is getting hard. Thankfully, God shows Moses abundant grace as Moses continues to doubt and question that calling. God is calling Moses to lead God's people out of Egypt as God names the ways in which they have suffered at the hands of the uh, Egyptians. We get a clear understanding from this text that God is present with those suffering and that God is active in creation bringing about peace and healing through restoring the Israelites' dignity and humanity. And that we, or at least for our text, we see that Moses, in this instance, are called to be a part of that creation work. In this moment, in our text today, God sees all of Moses, his gifts and talents, his his insecurities, his shortcomings. And with all of that, God chooses Moses to lead God's people to freedom and a land flowing with milk and honey. Moses takes the call. I wanted to explore this form of a call narrative today for two reasons. First, 
to consider what our own callings might be during this time of reopening, renovating, and re-engaging. And second, to speak to our beloved graduates, to offer them a word of encouragement as they lean into their own callings during the season of graduation and transition. What might your call look like for today? And how have you interacted with your calling by God thus far? When we think about calling and vocation, we often assume it's meant to be something religious in nature, to be called a pastor, to be called a prophet, to be called a director of family ministries, a missionary, a deacon, an elder. And while these are all excellent examples of that calling, it's pretty limited in its understanding of calling. And our text today does more than that. It is true that God is calling Moses to be a leader, a leader of God's people, but not just specifically as a religious leader. If anything, God is calling Moses to rebel, to rebel against the systems and structures that have oppressed God's people, to stand with those who are suffering, and to boldly proclaim that injustice is not the final word. When we frame our understanding of callings as such, we then understand the calling of folks in our modern history did a similar call. Take a stand for racial equality by refusing to give up a seat in segregated Montgomery, Alabama. To take a stand and say no more fall in in New York. To boldly proclaim lives matter. From this perspective, callings certainly involve risk, whether it is upsetting the status quo or going against the grain. So it is no surprise that Moses understand what's at risk through this calling by God at the burning bush and to try to push back a little with some reluctance and doubt. And yet, again, God wavers not, equipping Moses with the tools and wisdom needed to get the job started. There's no guarantee by God in this calling that it will be easy or that Moses will even finish the job. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. He dies before he gets to the promised land. There are no concessions made by God in this calling. And it sticks with Moses from the moment it is revealed. It is a true turning point or threshold moment that shapes the rest of Moses' life. Graduate, not only are you in a season of, this, uh, of wrestling with this calling and vocation, but you are also sitting in your own threshold moment. Our worship professor at SFTF, describes threshold moments within the uh, structure of worship to be a transition from ordinary getting things underway into an extraordinary ritual moment filled with anticipation, awe, and mystery that grabs our attention. I would argue that you are sitting in your own threshold moment 
as you look to start a new season of life in the coming months. This will be happening for all of us as we continue to enter into our new normal of life after the COVID-19 pandemic. So as we begin to blossom again, to emerge from our shelter-in-place cocoon, what are you going to do? Whose call are you going to take? Where might God be leading you in this moment? Scottish historian Thomas Carlyle once quoted, and I've modernized it, it is the first of all problems for a person to find out what kind of work they are to do in this universe. In our text today, we see that problem resolved by Moses through the work through the hands of God. And it is an apt quote to explore in this season that we find ourselves in today. While I cannot offer any sage advice as to figuring out what your own unique might look like, I can offer a framework for discovering and figuring out this calling. Christian process for entering into this work as critical mystical vision, which I just love as a name. And it has three interdependent parts. First, seeing what is in the world. Second, seeing what could and ought to be. And third, trusting and leaning into the Holy Spirit to move and inspire us along the way to get there. As we emerge from our shelter in place, we have hopefully spent some time turning inward and seeing what is in ourselves and what is in our world. And now, as we move outward, we begin to dream, vision, uh, dream dreams and hold visions for what might be. A world with more unshake-offable love, flowing with justice, truth, liberation, and healing for all. And with our Pentecost flames and spirit in tow, we move into the world sharing this love with all. As I enter into my final year of seminary, fingers crossed, I've been reflecting on my own calling and the ways in which my understanding of that calling has evolved and expanded and has been revealed. While our initial call might not be as hot or bright or vivid as Moses and the burning bush, I have seen with, even within my own life, my own calling, the ways in which my own calling has been uh, taken shape by God. In the season of graduations, I thought that I would share a picture with you that I got from my mom recently. This is me in my kindergarten cap and gown. I know I'm biased, but I mean, what a cutie. I mean, let's be real, let's be real. <clears throat> At my kindergarten graduation from Forest Park Baptist Daycare, 
I remember being asked what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I think I said something like a fireman, because I wanted to be like my dad. But according to my family, I really, there were two uh, occupations that I loved playing most. Chef and teacher. While my vocational dreams as a youngster typically floated somewhere in between those, a fireman, paleontologist, and a good bit of wanting to be an astronaut, my family mothers tell me that when I was around this age, I said that I wanted to have my own cooking show like Emerald Lagasse, where I would cook for a live crowd, but while the food was cooking, I would offer a sermon. Uh-huh. Yep. This was my dream as a kid. And that dream has honestly stuck with me since I was a cute youngin. So as I reflect on that after 25 years of exploring my, my calling and what that calling might be, it's pretty incredible that while I don't necessarily see that exact dream coming to fruition, although if there are any talent agents listening, please give me a call. It is interesting to see how that dream has evolved to this moment of standing in front of you, offering a word, waiting to feast at this table. Friends, as we lean into our own callings, today we have the special opportunity to recognize and celebrate our graduates who sit in their own threshold moments. One of the most important pieces of our work to do in that moment is to remind them that they are not alone in this journey. For our high school graduates, that means sending them from this place with a hand-knit prayer shawl made with love from within our own community. These shawls do not necessarily hold any sort of special supernatural power, but are given as a symbol and a reminder of our love and support for you. Just as God is with you always, present in your work and in the work of the world, so may we go with you along your journey, a journey that will be filled with ups and downs, highs and lows, roses and thorns. As we go from this place, may you and may we all remember the unwavering love that goes with us through our God and our community. Be willing and ready to take the call and go in peace and in love.